Niles flooded with blood. Meanwhile, uh, the now there's like, just a straight up fuck ton of frogs in Egypt, <laughs> like an ungodly amount of frogs for some reason, <laughs> because these two guys want to fucking show their dicks and be like, I'm better. So I'm going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I am Josh. That was still loud. What was loud? (laughs) (laughs) That was normal volume. I continue to be London. And this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. Things that you may have heard of, but don't know the full story of. We're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research and watch the research so you don't have to. Keep your minds open to the possibilities that things may not always be as they appear. On today's episode, we once again have selected, each selected, an episode of the Popular History Channel show, Ancient Aliens. We join them and try try to answer the questions of the ancient astronaut theorists. Questions like, are the supernatural abilities of gods and magicians just misunderstood technology? Or was the city of Nanmadal built by extraterrestrials and for what purpose? What if ETs shaped our future from the past? We are not alone. We have never been alone. Well, sit back, relax, and put your tinfoil hats on as we dive into the History Channel TV series, Ancient Aliens, Volume 4. That's 8. Volume 4. <laughs> That's 8. Someday it'll be 8. Damn right it will be. That'll be 16 episodes. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Your math doesn't add up. <laughs> Caught up. Well, you know. Numbers. Numbers. <laughs> So, at it, at Lennon is your yes, name. Yes, that's me. What episode did you do? Well, first things first. That was a hell of a sigh. <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse you. Kevin, there it is. Aggressive, but necessary. All right, back to it. What episode did you choose? I told you it was season four, but it was actually season six. <laughs> season six, episode four. Sweet. Of History Channel show Ancient Aliens. Oh, it was? Damn it, I thought we were doing Babalu. I've never heard of that. I haven't either. That's great. Up. I can't wait. It's our next podcast, Babalu. <laughs> In the Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> That's right. I'm Babalu, you're the Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Turn your switches up and down to turn lights on and off. Anyway, that's stupid. My episode was entitled <laughs> Magic of the Gods. I like it. Magic of the Gods. So this episode takes a deep, hard-hitting look into mm-hmm. some of the classic characters of history in magic and in religion and in folklore. That's a lot of hands. And <laughs> and we got the making of another classic Ancient Aliens episode, folks. Always. I got, how much was Giorgio in yours? Not very much. 
Good, because I made up for it. Because this motherfucker was in the whole episode. You got a whole Giorgio. I got a whole Giorgio and a David Childress. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, never mind. Oh, okay. Well, what better place to begin an Ancient Aliens episode than Las Vegas, Nevada in 2009? I was going to say a strip club, but that's even better. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. We open to a magician named Steve Wyrick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, performing an illusion where if you look closely, you'll see he makes a full-size Hummer disappear. No, he doesn't. Well, exactly. Maybe. It could be. We'll get it's a camera it. on a rotating stage. After Shit! I just gave it away. Sorry. Well, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> After telling the 40 people he had circled around the vehicle to join hands, and I'm assuming there was Sing probably kumbaya. some kind of like, hmm, or chanting <laughs> no. or something to go with it. That was Kumbaya. Possibly, maybe. How else he gonna make Hummer disappear? Uh, he then wow, it's a Hummer. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> this is my favorite part of the episode. He okay. he swaggers over to a radar screen yeah. that's built into like a table, and it's like a radar screen from a submarine. Incredible, incredible, <laughs> and uh, boop. There's a. He, he glances, yeah, one of those. He glances at it, and uh, there's a guy in a military attire right next to it. He glances over it, and he goes, all right, and he high-fives the military guy, <laughs> and just straight Vince McMahon's back over to the people and oh. uh, releases the curtain, and it's gone. But it's just like, it was so extra. And I thought no change. <laughs> no, That's exactly. what you got. <laughs> uh, side note, did you ever... Did you watch wrestling in the time when he slid into the ring and like tore, tore his... both quads? Yes. <laughs> yes, that was a rumble match. He tried to stand up. up and he fell. Yeah, he was pissed. And he's sitting hey, on the ground props like a big to that motherfucker for sitting there in character the whole time. So he he wasn't in character. He was pissed. Oh really? Yeah, that was actual. Like he slid into the ring. Well, I don't think it was scripted quad. to tear the no. quads. <laughs> and then he sat on the fucking thing like a big child and just directed orders <laughs> and then. And then you would refuse help walking back. Really? Yeah. How the hell did he get back? He crawled. <laughs> <laughs> Slow crawl. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. Anyway. I, hey, I tore a quad. It doesn't keep you from Did walking. you really? Yeah. When was this? Uh, 20, 2009. First uh, tryout I did. Oh, uh, shit. I did the 40-yard dash, and uh, I strained it. And then I was like, I'm paying money for this. I'm going to keep going. And um, Yeah, no, it definitely tore. Fuck. That. I have a nice indent in my quad. Damn, I did not know that. Well, it's way too high for mere mortals to see. Only the <laughs> females that I've dated have seen it. Oh, like an immortal I'll talk about later. All right. Ooh, I like that segue. <laughs> yeah. Like a Bigfoot and a segue. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bigfoot and a segue, we're moving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I squeaked at that. That's going to be a reoccurring one now. <laughs> The narrator... That was, dude, that was in episode one. Like a Bigfoot on a Segway. Oh, it was? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I was trying to get a Segway, and then I can't remember what you said. And I said, oh, like a Bigfoot on a Segway. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. So after this cool-ass high-five and shit, the narrator explains, with our beloved host, how... With our beloved hosts, mm-hmm. plural, uh, how illusions like these have fascinated humans for centuries, and our interests can be traced back. Mm-hmm. Through the centuries. Once again, I did my episode research on this as a a live tweet sort of deal. I watch it, I take notes, and write my comments and thoughts as I do it. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully like it. it's engaging to you, Josh. I enjoy it. Great. It is explained to us. <laughs> Great. I don't give a fuck. That there are no, in fact, no supernatural events taking place before our eyes. Oh, really? It's all an illusion. In a magic show. (laughs) It is simply an illusion. (laughs) Big Mm. letdown and an even bigger spoiler, though. Ancient people, though, were gullible as fuck. They fucking bought that shit. Hook, line, and sinker. So their culture was intertwined with magic and spirituality. Magic was a way for the ancients to communicate with the gods. Some human beings were able to harness the power of the universe in a way that even we do not understand now. I still don't understand it. Yeah. I tried. Uh, two episodes ago, all that mathy shit. I really tried. But... Oh, my God. My favorite fucking thing. I love yeah. it. it was... <laughs> you, did, you did. Perfect. That is what you asked for, That's though. exactly what I wanted. <laughs> okay. If you don't understand, go back to episode 37, Diet Loves Pass. When Josh is trying to figure out math, medical calculations. All I, I just fucked up on a day, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's five days. No, I said it's six day days. six. <laughs> oh, that's what I said. So good. Day five. <laughs> well, we get hit with our first uh, Ow! zoom oh, in. That was really hard. Was a, you <gasps> smacked the shit out of yourself. We get hit with our first zoom in on the map. Uh, this is a Chinese, <laughs> Chinese one. Did you stroke out? Are you good? Are you good? It's a Chinese one. Okay. Um, Shang-Chi province. Okay. Maybe. They like that one. Maybe. <laughs> seventh, China, 7th century A.D. Zangulao, a, ta- a Taoist, a Taoist, beautiful. Thank you. A Taoist saint is thought to possess incredible magical abilities as well as knowledge on the secrets of nature. <laughs> it was like also Doctor Nature. nature. <laughs> oh, is, I'm, a, I'm a sniffy snake. <laughs> oh, nature. <laughs> He's one of what is called the eight immortals. Only eight. Only eight. Now these eight immortals are loosely based off of real people, not actors. Who had these myth, <laughs> with these myths and legends built around them? This guy in particular is depicted as an old man who can turn himself invisible. Oh, don't see anything creepy with that in any way. No, not at all. Zhang Gulao, this man, Zhang Gulao, is said to have been born at the beginning of the universe out of its chaos, and when he was birthed, he took the form of a white bat called Wanda. Chicago. Chicago. Is that the name? <laughs> Ace Ventura 2, Pet Detective. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's immediately what it means. I totally forgot go. about Because <laughs> they, they, showed, they showed the graphic of just an exploding universe. Boom. And then... A bat. Oh, it was literally a white bat over, like, <laughs> copy-pasted over top of the graphic. And I they go, Chicago. <laughs> oh, I can do that graphic. I like it. A white bat over a fucking Incredible. Big Bang. Right there. Chicago. <laughs> if you... See him, you may notice him riding his Cock. trusty mule. Sorry, government mule. Got it. <laughs> uh, his trusty mule. Yeah. Riding it backwards. You I touch the table. I, I didn't touch it. I fucking punched The table it. is lava. <laughs> yes. Ooh, back in the day. Anyway, as I was saying, he yeah. rides it backwards. Backwards. He reverse cowgirls that bitch? Sure does. Uh, they even have statues of this guy. And he's just like... On the back of the <laughs> mule backwards. <laughs> this fucking idiot doesn't know how to ride a mule. Hi, guys! <laughs> this is the right way, right? <laughs> um, for his trusty Ooh, mule... This guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you got bad breath. <laughs> Tic-tac. 
<laughs> His trusty <Yeah>. mule. <laughs> trusty mule <laughs> can ride divine winds. <laughs> sure, he can ride divine winds. He can ride divine. <laughs> he also makes them apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, he can either fly backwards or operate with its rider backwards. I don't know if he flies backwards or <laughs> operates with it that way, but either way, bravo. That's a hell of a mule. Uh, and he also has this cool little trick he does where uh, Zangulao can fold the mule up into a tiny, tiny pocket-sized mule folding, like a paper, Okay. and tuck it in his pocket. And then when he wants to fuck off somewhere later on, he unfolds it, pretty much. <laughs> he sprinkles some water on it, and oh. it unfolds. And then he could ride him backwards away. <laughs> I just like looking and smelling his ass. <laughs> so hold up. Yes. It's almost like an Iron Man suit from Iron Man 2. Like the briefcase suit. Like the briefcase. Yes, except... Okay. Um, a mule. <laughs> a, backwards, ride it, and uh, backwards, sprinkle, sprinkle water it. on it to activate him. Um. Kind of sounds like one of those um, little sponge things you get at the dollar store when you were a kid that you yeah, put so water it in. Turns they into grow. like a T Rex. Yeah, great stuff. Incredible. So we have to ask ourselves: Is if this mule is alien technology? It's probably a craft, guys, and he's an ET. Is Absolutely. what I wrote. Proposed ideas of alien craft with shrinking or dimensional shift technology are being shot our way. You know, they like to rapid fire, like, hey, what if this? What if this? Yeah. Um, proposed, I said, but <laughs> but ancient astronaut theorists believe further clues are found more than 1,700 miles away in Patna, India. All right, we're in Patna, India. Hey, uh, quick. What's it called? Patna, India. Okay, Patna, India. Nope. Patna. Patna, India. There you go. You said Papa. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> Papa lies. Uh. Patna, India, mm-hmm. the supposed place where Buddha began his spiritual journey in 483 B.C. I like we it. get a brief backstory on Buddha and his religion before we dive into his teleportating ability, ability teleporting. Teleportation abilities. Thank you. <laughs> and ability to <laughs> summon an ability to summon a rainbow encrusted rainbow gemstone encrusted bridge in the sky. A rainbow encrusted penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called glitter dick. <laughs> you everybody always gets it wrong. You think you gotta rub his belly for good luck. It's his bald wow. head, you sicko. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, rainbow. Gemstone encrusted sky bridge. Yes. So story they, the one host is telling the story about it. I'm getting animated. Good. We like that. We uh, want that. He manifested with his mind. <laughs> oh, we did the same thing. Uh, this like sky walkway, and mm-hmm. uh, he paced it back and forth for a week straight. He was indecisive, huh? What the? That fuck was all they talk do? about. What am I gonna do? <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do? Do I want to go over here? Do I want to go to that end? I'll check out the other end. She rubbed my belly. Do I like it? Do I not like it? What do I do? What do I do? (laughs) She sent me a DM. This one other time, he and his disciples were trying to cross the Ganges. Why do I fuck that up? Trying to cross the Ganges River, but it was raging with floodwaters as it was flood season. Well, that'd be difficult. Yeah. Um, One of the hosts said during this time that the bank from bank to bank was over a mile across. Hell keep, yeah. Keep that in mind Hold for up. a future minute. Bank to bank. 
How big is the Ganges River? Ganges. Whatever. <laughs> I can't cut that. That was perfect. <laughs> I didn't know that it was that. I didn't know it was that big. Uh, supposedly during the flood season, it does the water level does raise. I gotcha. And more than seventy mile per hour, and pH finally. Uh, <laughs> took twenty episodes. Stream in action. Uh, what's it called? Current. Corn. Oh, sorry. You said streaming action. I Current. <laughs> Raging floodwaters. Anyway, so he was then spotted in a matter of an instant. Yeah. Teleporting to the other side of the what the host called Mile Cross Bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that the people who witnessed it uh, were trying to build a raft and cross themselves. Right. Um, so to kind of like flex on them. <laughs> He was just like, Bring. here I go. <laughs> hey, check this shit out. <laughs> the fuck, man? <laughs> so, yeah, they saw him just, um, as they described, that's where I was going, sir. Uh, they said that they witnessed him doing this um, in the amount of time it takes a strong man to curl up his arm or to uncurl his arm. Great. Now, Why, is it, why does it have to be a strong man? Yeah. What the fuck? Why couldn't it be a strong woman? Right. Why couldn't it be a strong mule? Anyway, um, the point of me telling you to remember the mile thing. Yes. Uh, I want you to think about how long a mile is. Mm-hmm. Can you Got it. picture some and picture someone standing right next to you and then picture them a mile away? Do you think you're going to be able to tell that person? Hey, it's old Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> get from there to there. <laughs> I just, what if they were just like. When I was watching this, it just made me think of it, because as I do, um, <laughs> they had one of his disciples was like, th- hold up a sheet, <laughs> and then he like dives behind a rock, and he just <laughs> drops it, and he's like, where did he go? <laughs> Disappeared. Where <laughs> the fuck did he go? They had some guy paid on the other side to just walk out, and just be like, I did it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, holy fuck. Anyway. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So... The question has to be asked. What kind of teleportation alien technology did he have? Oh, well, they don't know. Might these incredible feats performed by beings like Buddha and Zangulao be based on real-life extraterrestrial encounters? And if so, might they have been the inspiration for what we now call magic? (laughs) Disappeared. The answers we seek might be found in the stories about an old wise magic man named Merlin. And I said, yeah, that guy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, him. He was real. He was. That's the point. But he wasn't a magic man. He was a magic man. He was a magic dude, man. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, here, here, have some of this. He's an old cave-dwelling hermit man. You see that over there? It doesn't exist. It's disappeared. (laughs) 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 Now close your eyes, man. Gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh, it's in my ass. <laughs> wow. I didn't see that one coming. Tintag Tintaggle. Tintin. Tintaggle. Oh, pl- poor old Tank Tank. <laughs> poor little Tink Tink. Tintaggle Island. It's a hell of an island. I want to live there. Said it right. Where do you live? Tintangle. In in England in five hundred AD. Oh. Along the coastline is the entrance oh. to a cave that is believed to have been the home slash dwelling. Of Merlin. Yeah, that guy. Merlin is most famous for showing up in the stories of Arthur. Yes, sir. 
the aardvark. But he, you know, he's much more than how he's depicted in that story. Absolutely. A serious, wise old man with magical powers like levitating rocks, uh, seeing the future. He can call down lightning and thunder, but thunder follows lightning. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of a two-for-one deal. Yeah. Uh, he also could uh, cover the battlefield in mist. Just to provide an ambiance, maybe? I don't know. If it's a, like a deep you mist, need, maybe it gives cover, but... You need to set the mood. Hold yeah. on, guys. This is just not working. Hold on. <laughs> mist. <laughs> and cue the drums. Now we can go. <laughs> yes. Merlin has popped up in many different stories. Legend. He's a... Pow, 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 pow. Uh, yep. I was going to throw a story <laughs> out there, but it didn't come. Um, King Arthur. Legend says he's the mastermind behind the plan to unite the kingdoms of Britain. Ooh. That's King Arthur story. Uh, we get the backstory of how he used his powers to influence the world and people. A lot happening over here. To ins- I see that. <laughs> it's very distracting. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he used his powers to influence the world and people in it to instate Arthur as king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. King mm-hmm. Arthur. A mm-hmm. yeah. uh, little quick text. Um, note about my episode. Huh. Um, there's a lot of quick, boom, check this guy out. Here's his story. Boom, check her out. Here's her story. Okay. So we're getting a lot of, uh, boom, 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 boom. We're getting a lot of characters jumping in. All right, so we hit Merlin. Who we hit next? Well, we're still not done with Merlin, but it oh. just popped in my head, and that's how my brain works. Got it. So did Merlin use his supernatural or otherworldly knowledge to empower Arthur and in so doing create the British Empire? Probably but not. why? And who or what was Merlin? Ancient astronaut theorists believe clues can be found in Merlin's birth. Now he's got a strange birth. Really? At the beginning of the universe, a white bat, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> no. Old white bat. Old white bat. Virgin Mama Merlin woke up from a freaky, wild, steamy sex dream to find out she was preggers. It was from uh, Spud. She was L. Prager's. Spud left his spud. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. Okay. She was apparently a virgin when she went to bed that night, had a wild dream, and woke up, and she's like, got a bun in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were roofied back in the 400 and... How old is Merlin? 500? At least 504. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah four. Merlin's father is speculated to be an incubus. Oh. A demonic entity who rapes women in their sleep. Got a little dark. It is. Uh, does that mean I have a succubus's child somewhere? But anyway, incubus. Oh my God, it scared me. <laughs> but what if the stories that built England are true? Mm. But instead of a demon, what if Merlin was a half-human, half-alien hybrid? Oh, they love their hybrids. They sure do. And what if... I wasn't Dr. Evil. I was trying to get <laughs> lip. And what if he was... <laughs> and what if he was sent here to help Arthur to the throne by using his advanced technologies? Mm-hmm. I'm noticing a trend here, I wrote. <laughs> What's the trend? Is it possible that Merlin had what many people believe... Is it possible that Merlin had what many believe to be an otherworldly origin? Mm. If so, might his magic really have been based not on occult forces, but on advanced extraterrestrial technology? How could it be? London, 1966. Yeah. Yeah, swinging 60s. Groovy. 
Peace, man. (laughs) (laughs) The British Museum acquired an Aztec artifact thought to possess magical powers. This artifact was known as the Devil's Looking Glass. It was actually a broom. (laughs) (laughs) Did not expect that. (laughs) It was made out of volcanic glass. Oh, fancy, are we? It was once owned by scholar John D. John Dean? Nope, John D. John D. <laughs> He's related to Crackle Dial Dundee. <laughs> You've never heard of John D? No. Really? Who's he John was, D? John D was a man. Um, Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, well, I'll get into it. All right. John D was a mathematician. Okay. An astrologer. An advisor to Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, Canada. We're talking, John. <laughs> this is Argentina, dog. <laughs> uh, he was considered to be a powerful magician. I don't know what the noise is. <laughs> Who claimed he used the mirror to communicate with angels. Oh. John D. became obsessed with trying to conjure angels. Which would become known as the Angel Conjurer. <laughs> That's what it's like. The Hello, my name is Sticker Angel yeah. Conjurer. Uh, it became known as Enochian magic. Gotcha. He believed there was angelic language that the universe spoke, and he was trying to tap into it. Now, Enochian that. magic is like something that came throughout the years afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's a very big thing, and the um, modern uh, magic alchemy community, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering right. Um, other people who are around that same type of culture, like Elster Crowley, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, incredible. Incredible. Legend says that throughout points in history, this language was given to humans, but mm. it had been forgotten or lost to time. They said people like Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and um, other people. Atlantis. Atlantis. Um, that guy from. The background rock. of that movie. <laughs> yeah, <thank you. laughs> uh, no, not not. He's in jail now. <laughs> well, well, shit. Soon. <laughs> Did early magicians like John D really have access to extraterrestrial technology? No. <laughs> that was mistakenly believed to be of a supernatural or divine origin. Oh. The job of ancient magicians was to interact with the spirit world on behalf of their social group, as explained by one of the hosts, in an effort to bring a real change to earth we're still trying to bring real change to earth still it's never gonna happen we're fucked throughout many cultures and civilizations leaders would often have these figures of magic as a trusted advisor to help them in times of war diplomacy disease and other cultural things we still do that today magic eight ball (laughs) is this something to be worried about outlook looks cloudy fuck (laughs) do i vote yes or no to this bill outlook is cloudy (laughs) (laughs) shit do you have anything other than say that outlook is cloudy no. Oh, there we go. All right. Outlook is cloudy. Well, fuck. Is it possible no. that these early practitioners of what we call magic were really individuals in possession of advanced extraterrestrial knowledge? You ran out of breath. That could change the course of human history. Mm. Ancient astronaut theorists believe yes. that such an audacious notion is in fact possible and believe further evidence may be found in the legends <laughs> of a mysterious device one so powerful it could make its user disappear. The rabbit. Hogwarts, data unknown. Harry Potter has just received a special seemingly <laughs> normal cloak. <laughs> I went with the sex toy and you went with Harry Potter. That's well, a very good 
combination there. They were talking about a magical device, and I was going to go Ultimate mm-hmm. Nullifier, but I figured that was a little too comic book for some people to get. So Have they seen our YouTube opening? That's true. Well, it hasn't been in the movie, so not everybody... Anyway, I didn't go oh, with that joke. Oh, you're right. Okay, sorry. It's all good. Dallas, Texas, Texas. <laughs> 2000 and... 12. 11. You're very close. That might be a thing. (laughs) Researchers at the University of Texas's Nanotech Institute discover a process that can turn objects invisible. Oh. Using tiny carbon fibers, water, and electricity. Mm. Stir it up. No, not really. But uh, they can make an object bend light to make it appear invisible. I think I've seen this before. Yes. I was going to say, callback. This is the same type of process that supposedly rendered the Philadelphia Experiment. Oh. Nope. USS Philadelphia. Invisible. Oh. oh. Uh, bending light is probably the most, um, how do I put this? Closest thing we have to this day of making things invisible. It actually pretty much does. Um, so they actually have, they showed it in process, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, stories of these types of devices can be found all throughout history. They did a good four minutes on this just to say, Hey, check that shit out. Now let's go and check it out in the past. Seraphos, Greece. Date unknown. (laughs) In Greek mythology, this is the island that the hero Perseus set off from to kill Medusa. Perseus' task is laid out in a retelling of how challenging it was to do this due to the fact that if you looked at her, you straight up died. Turned to stone. Yes. He was given a magical helmet to aid him in his mission. It is called the Helm of Darkness, and it belonged to Hades, the god of the underworld. It had a drool cup and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it will, Sorry. It's okay. Uh, this Helm of Darkness would make him invisible. And uh, he succeeds in defeating the Gorgon Medusa due to this advantage. Now, as well as that, he was also given other gifts from other gods. Um, now, did the Helm of Darkness really make Perseus disappear? Or might there have been, might there be another, perhaps more scientific explanation? It was all fake. This what me ma me ma. This could be an example of an ancient, advanced technology that bends light like we can today. Flashlight. Please say there was an A in that. What? You did say there was an A in that, right? Flashlight. flashlight. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> not flashlight. <laughs> you said bends light, not bends penis. Is Hades is. Helmet is evidence of an advanced alien technology once used in ancient times? Maybe. And if so, they love the if so. And if so, might the tales of other magical devices in the distant past offer proof that our ancestors had access to other, even more highly advanced extraterrestrial tools? A door. (laughs) (laughs) A door. How the fuck? (laughs) Ponza, Italy. What'd you call me? You heard me. You fucking heard me. <laughs> this island is thought to be the home of the goddess Circe. I who, love Circe. Who possesses a wand with magical power. I don't want to know if she puts that wand. Wands have been... You don't want to know? She's apparently gorgeous. I mean, she's gorgeous and has a wand that has magical power. It probably vibrates. Wands have been used <laughs> in magic even further back than that in Persia and Iran. <laughs> <laughs> There's Cersei using her wand. Again. My phone's going off, I swear. <laughs> they don't know phones. <laughs> Wands have been used in magic even further back than that in Persia and Iran. Mm. What about a deck of cards and a top hat? I wrote. 
Stupid. Wands, maces, scepters, staffs, bow ties have all been used in magical traditions. And a finger. (laughs) Good one. Cersei's wand had the capabilities of magical physical transformations. I'm sure it did. Yeah, it made made her face go from... (laughs) Clipped. Right in the thumbnail. (laughs) Cersei was the daughter of Helios, the god of the sun. Mm. And she was sexy and glowing. Literally glowing, uh, apparently, according to mythology. She was pregnant, that's why. Wow. She was the goddess of magic and was referred to by her ability to turn people into animals. Not a talk. <laughs> Is that <laughs> your place? <laughs> what? What'd you say? I said not a talk. I don't know. What's that mean? Nothing. I just made it up. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What does it mean? Tell me, Papa. In the story, Nanatok, <laughs> Cersei, no, in the Odyssey, Cersei lured some men into her home. Fall for it. And upon touching them with her magic wand, she turned them into pigs. No, no, no. See, this got all misinterpreted. Yeah. She lured guys in their home to feed them dinner okay. off their long journey. Sure. And they turned into pigs because they thought it was all about sex because they can't just have a nice woman. Being nice to them it has to all be about sex. Well, all of her depictions, her she's straight up topless. Yeah, that's yeah. just how she did it. That's doesn't mean she wants sex because she's topless. Just like doesn't mean they want you to Tell touch me you them. Fall for that. Anyway, it was a great fear in these times to be turned into an animal. So, as said by one of the hosts, okay, uh, a good deal of magical practice was put into avoiding such a calamity. It was David Childers. People were always fucking terrified of getting turned into an animal. I ain't want it. I don't want to be rode backwards. <laughs> Government <laughs> throwback. G- Government was Cersei's wand simply a mythological invention, one rooted in mankind's primitive imagination, possibly in superstition, as mainstream scholars suggest. Could be, or might this incredible device have actually existed? Spoilers, probably not. I wrote Giorgio, our boy. Yeah, says that the only way this could be possible is through a technological device. Only way. Only way. Could technology produce a shape-shifting effect where it actually changes DNA? Handheld tech like Zeus's bolt, Thor's hammer, and all other handheld tech that might be grouped with her wand are examples of this. Might Cersei have come from a divine, possibly extraterrestrial lineage? And if so, could her wand have been based on highly advanced alien technology? I thought you were give us gold yeet. Yeet! <laughs> Ancient astronaut theorist believes such an idea is possible. Undoubtedly. And believe more evidence can be found in the stories of one of the most epic and destructive confrontations in religious history. Rapunzel. I found my hair. No! <laughs> We got a magic battle oh, okay, coming okay. up, boys right. and <laughs> girls. Quantir, the Nile Delta, Egypt. Mm-hmm. Many people believe that beneath the modern-day fields lay the lost city of Pyramus. I've never heard of this. Okay. In the 13th century BC, during Pharaoh Ramses II's reign, this city served as capital of Egypt. Oh. Egypt, like the Egypt we know. Yeah, yeah, with the pyramids and all. You say you didn't hear of it, so. According to some theologians, this is the site of the historical Ten Plagues of Egypt from the book, I believe, of Exodus. Book? Uh, haven't learned about this stuff since I was 12. I've never learned about it. Really? Oh, well, 
Nice. Amen. <laughs> Got right out of there. <clears throat> Moses was told by an angel in a mm-hmm. burning bush that he must convince the Pharaoh. <laughs> I know where you went. That's nope. inappropriate. Keep going. Was uh, that he must convince the Pharaoh to release the seven hundred thousand Hebrews? Um, he challenged the Pharaoh's magicians because the Pharaoh had a whole shite ton of them. As I said, they were they were advisors. Right. They they stomp and dance and go pa pa. <sighs> the magicians were very important to the court of the Pharaoh for healing mm-hmm. and etc. etc. As I oh, mentioned oh. before, ETC <laughs> healing, etc. <laughs> I still want to sound like that. <laughs> you know, one thing, uh, etc. etc. They were important for connecting to the spirit world with the Pharaoh as well as the Pharaoh's people. The Christian God told Moses to give the Pharaoh a demonstration of his divine power, but he that whipped his fo- dick out. What <laughs> 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 shit! You think from your girls? <laughs> <laughs> One that will force him to free the Hebrews. Look at this. Get him out of there. You want to go against this? You ready? (laughs) That was a hard hit. Lots of noises. (laughs) Yeah. So Moses threw down his staff. I bet he did. Which turned... (laughs) It's going to be great. Which turned into a serpent. The Egyptian magician said, Bitch, say less. And they threw their staffs down, to which theirs turned into snakes as well. This is just a dick measuring contest. Got it. It is. This whole fucking thing becomes a dick measuring contest. All right. I got 22 inches. What do you got? Now, old bowling pin here, he said. (laughs) Old bowling pin? Throwback to before we started recording. Ah, okay. No, no. Moses' snake is a fucking madman and said, (laughs) checkmate. I just fucking got it. It said checkmate and ate their snakes. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest magic contest ever recorded, one of the hosts says. (laughs) Yeah. Not a snake. Snake! Snake again! My snake ate your snake. Greatest. Um, It is a battle of the sorcerers on level with Doctor Strange and Baron Mordo in the comics. There we go, baby. Uh, The Christian God then proceeds to unleash the first in in many plagues on the people of Egypt. Yeah. Because fuck the people, it's the Pharaoh, but fuck those people. I don't know, I get it. Moses touched his staff to the Nile, and it became blood. Moses multiplies frogs. Sends a shit ton of frogs their way. Moses brings a bunch of flies. Now, all of these first three plagues that uh, that Moses had done on behalf of his God... Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Egyptian magicians were able to replicate and do themselves. Oh. So just like, boom, look what I can do. And they're like, boom, we can do that shit too. Um, it, Nile's flooded with blood. Meanwhile, uh, the people Now there's like... just a straight up fuck ton of frogs in Egypt. <laughs> like an ungodly amount of frogs for some reason. <laughs> because these two guys want to fucking show their dicks and be like, I'm better. So now there's a fuck ton of frogs uh, and a bunch of bugs. So before eventually conceding oh. that they had lost, the uh, the Christian, um, sorry, the Christian, the Egyptians eventually conceded that they lost because they were like, "Fuck, this guy's got some shit. He's got some cool tricks. I can't do that. Ain't gonna happen." Uh, so the Christian God, they conceded and said the Christian God is more powerful than them. Well, he threw his staff down, and said, "You shall not pass," and then yeah. game over. Then the Balrog ripped him down. Exactly. But he became came back stronger and better than ever. The white. Gandalf. The white. Yes. We got a little carried away. Um, The conflict. (laughs) (laughs) 
The True. conflict ended with the death of every firstborn male in Egypt. Jesus Christ. That was the Christian God's punishment to the people of Egypt. Um, as I said, you know, it was their fault that the Pharaoh was doing things. Um, so he killed every firstborn male in Egypt. Not only did 700,000 Hebrews leave Egypt after this, but supposedly 1.122, not 1.2, 1 to 2 million Egyptians left as well. Mm. And in the Bible, I guess this is one of the mass exoduses of Egypt. It's a big thing in there. I think, I apologize if that's wrong. What began as a simple magic trick contest for a bunch of theater kids, it ended up with some light mass murder and abandonment of many people's own cultures. Well, the main water source turning into blood did not help their cause, nor did the fuck ton of frogs everywhere, so I'm pretty sure that land was fucked, and they were just like, let's see what you yeah, guys can head find. out of there. Ancient astronaut theorists believe that the Christian God is not, is not this mean, and it was extraterrestrials. Might the ten plagues of Egypt really have been an account of deadly contest of a deadly contest between humans in possession of extraterrestrial technology, as ancient astronaut theorists believe? What kind of technology gives a lot of fucking bugs and toads? Ah, frog, frog multiplier gun! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, frog gun! Toosh, toosh. I'm turn this sea red. <laughs> Giorgio questions if it was the Christian God or an extraterrestrial who actually sided with the Israelites. Could it be? Might the incredible power wielded by Moses against the Egyptians... Hey, you said your could it be for the episode. I said twice now. Fuck! Might the incredible power wielded by Moses against the Egyptians have been of an extraterrestrial origin? A power based as much on science as on an extraordinary knowledge of the powers of the human mind. Many ancient astronauts theorists believe the answer is yes, and that the key... Found fuck off miles away. No, the key to Mexico. what many perceive as magic can be found not only in other worlds, but right within the human body. Oh, it's our hearts. Uh, New York City, 2012. Oh, we're zooming in on New York City now. <laughs> David Blaine is up to his shit again. Fucker. This time, he's in the middle of a 72-hour shift standing in a suit which uh, protects him from the millions of volts of electricity he has chosen to surround himself in. Sounds like something you would do. Uh, but how does he do this, question marks uh, galore? Science of electricity, uh, next. Mm -hmm. um, which is right up your alley. Yeah, it's, it's just science. Um, <laughs> so science. They, did a, they, they dedicated a few minutes to him just in his 72-hour magic trick of volts. Now, next, we go to Izu Oshima, Japan. Oh, and that That's literally it. They're okay. like, how does All he right. do this? All right. Right. Science. Who we do Japan? Izu Oshima, Japan. Izu Mishima. Who cares? Just go. Uh, in the 17th <laughs> century BC, a legendary Japanese mystic named Enno Goya, I hope I said it right, oh. was banished for his magical powers. His teaching, Shugendo, means the practice of training and testing. And I said, how hmm. criminal. Okay. <laughs> Don't you train or test. Their practice, <laughs> their practice is done up in the mountains and demands discipline and physical training, which will lead to access to supernatural powers. Incredible. This type of magic is believed to bring the magic out of oneself, out of oneself, not harness otherworldly stuff, but harness your own power inside. I want to harness my own power. Yes. And all joking aside. You know what you can do if you do this? You can summon Memory. and control demons. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I take it back. I don't want to do that. I just I wanted wanna, to focus better. <laughs> I want to have a good memory so I can beat you in all the quizzes we do on Patreon. Fucker. Hey. Hey. Next, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have that Pacquiao chip for next time when you lose. Um, but yeah, 
conquer oneself. Yeah. And Nogoya rode a five-colored cloud. Five. And he was executed multiple times, but to no avail, as the axe would shatter on his neck every single time. I want that. Yeah. Like, that that kind of conquering myself I'd like. Sure. I got <laughs> Nice try. I got a few axes. I got some fancy ones. Want to try it? Yeah. It didn't work the first time I did it. Ooh. Grandma just went. <laughs> well, if she watches the video. I know she listens. Giorgio believes that this might be an example, as well as many others, that these humans are possibly Crazy. tapping into <laughs> <laughs> tapping into knowledge that is already hardwired into our DNA. Oh, now, stop. here it is, yeah, folks. Yeah, you know what time it is. It's the end of the episode. Rapid fire question time. Pow! Is it possible that ancient magicians like Enogoya were able to tap into incredible ET abilities embedded within the human body? And might this explain similar feats performed by more modern magicians like Harry Houdini and David Blaine? Do ancient astronauts... Of, nope. Do ancient accounts of magic really suggest evidence of advanced otherworldly knowledge? A knowledge given to early humans as a means of helping them unlock their own, some might say, divine potential. <laughs> uh, and then I said, light riffing now about how magic betters us as something to strive for as a human to better ourselves. And where the hell did this power come from? Did ancient magic really have extraterrestrial origin? And was it based not on mere trickery, but on advanced knowledge of science and the powers of the human brain? Yes. Perhaps we will discover the answer when we open up our eyes to the possibility that things may not be what, what we they appear. <laughs> what we think we know is an illusion, and what we think is an illusion may very well be real. That was deep. Season six, episode four, Ancient Astronauts, uh, Ancient Aliens, History Channel. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, folks, this is a wrap up for that one from me. We're not jumping to you yet, you greedy bastard. Okay. Um, that was fun. Your turn. <laughs> next week uh no now joking. my laptop can die <laughs> yeah it's been flashing me my episode yeah <laughs> yeah it's like a road trip episode <laughs> i had a road trip episode but it's only one road trip season 15 episode one <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> damn it damn you it's still a road trip <laughs> damn you i was trying to keep it straight <laughs> season 15 episode one the Mysteries of Nan Madal. Oh! Yeah, I picked this one for multiple reasons. One, because it's basically a whole Giorgio Sucralos episode. <laughs> I just thought, I picked these for multiple episodes. Reason one, we didn't do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> wow, episode opens. Yeah. Giant walls of volcanic rock rising from the sea greets us as the episode opens. How and why are these massive structures there? This episode, we join Georgios Sukulos and David Childress on their journey to the ruins of Nan Madal in search of answers for themselves. Because they're going to go there and they're going to figure shit out. They're fucking boots they're on the ready. ground. Will they solve the mystery of one of the world's most baffling sights? Well, let's get into it. All right. Before that, before yeah. the road trip, they want to do a little backstory. You know okay. how that goes. Yeah, right? you got to get the background. Absolutely. In January... 1836, Ooh. in the Pacific Ocean, mm. one of the first expeditions to reach the remote shores of the Micronesian island of Pohnpei made landfall. Pohnpei. P-O-H-N-Pei. I didn't even know there was a difference from Pompeii and Pohnpei. 
<laughs> Pompeii and Pompeii. Says. Fucking. I'm watching this like, damn, I really thought it was P-O-M-P-E-I. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that's a different island. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, Pompeii. If I say Pom, it's Pon. Sorry. Is located roughly 2,500 miles northeast of Australia and... The expedition was captained by a man named Dr. Campbell. Dr. Campbell. <laughs> Dr. Campbell speculated that the structures were at least as old as the ancient Egyptian pyramids. Okay. And maybe, or not maybe, and made by great men. Very insightful. And women. And no, women. no, no. Great men. He said great men. Not great men, but great men. Wow. Could be great men. Could be great men. Oh, now we're just getting a tangled weave of webs. Dude. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> This is one of the earliest accounts of what would later be known as Nan Madal. Okay. I think they said that about four times. Sweet. Anyways. How do you spell that for me? N-A-N. Yep. Oh, I already already fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) N-A-N-M-A-D-O-L. It ought to go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Whoop. Let me guess. You did N-O-N. Nope. Okay. Nan Madal is an 11 square foot mile complex. Made up of over a hundred man-made islands, on top of a submerged, submerged coral reef, archaeologists estimate that to make this site, it took more than two hundred million tons of basalt rock. Some of the rocks alone, some of the rocks alone weighed mm-hmm. up to fifty tons, as we'll find out later. I gotta tell you, I've never seen this before, and this mm-hmm. is really fucking cool. It is. They're all man-made. Damn, that's fucking cool shit. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Much of Nan Madal is hidden underneath dense vegetation, which makes it appear that the edge of Pompeii stretches further into the ocean than it actually does. Mm-hmm. Now, we start the episode with a normal run through of... Uh, that was a weird delivery. It's okay. We start the episode with yeah. the normal run through of everyone's opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Felicia Beardsley. I like that name, so that's why I added her. Beardsley. <laughs> You're Beardsley. The Beard. The Beard. That's right. The Beard. <laughs> She's talking about how the pilots, there were pilots that were flying over that part of the Pacific during World War II. They would look out their windows and see what they described as the Venice of the Pacific. That's all she had to offer. That's how it got its nickname, Venice of the Pacific. Oh, that's cool. Giorgio Sucralos chimes in. There he is. Looks like his mullet. Look, seriously, looks like he has a mullet here. No shit. There are, there is, and there was at least six hundred miles of open ocean surrounding the island on all sides. You have to wonder why this megalithic site structure in the middle of nowhere exists in the first place. Why? He never answers. Bruce, <laughs> he never answers. <laughs> Bruce Fenton. Questions why they need a structure this size in the middle of nowhere. They're really like drilling home right, in the middle of nowhere. There's people fucking living there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Take your realistic hat off and let's put All our right. conspiracy hats on. Andrew Collins is the last one I wrote down. He states the obvious that's already been stated earlier and above. <laughs> As they all do. Uh, why? Historians attributed the construction uh, to the Sotelier. Dynasty. Okay. They inhabited, inhabits, I don't know if they still do so, inhabited the island between 1100 and 1628 AD. This was, this has been a source of controversy, as many believe 
The dating of the structures is hard to determine. They are dating it based off a of coral rubble, rubble that is there, but David Childress believes that it was just the last repair work on the city that was done, and that the city is much older than that. Oh. William Henry chimes in. Motherfucker. He states that they have... <laughs> William Henry Harris? <laughs> I don't know. It just said William Henry. <laughs> Could it be? Maybe. William Henry states that they left no records, no literature, no art, no history, nothing that suggests they had any advanced technology or mathematics that would help them build the arche- this archaeological wonder. Um, as uh, yeah, it, it, this place is in rubbles and in shambles. Um, how come these cloth uh, tapestry paintings did not survive past his rocks? <laughs> <laughs> right? Why did the parchment not? Stay. Last, back to early 2019, a group of scientists did the first ever LIDAR scan of non-Madal. LIDAR is uses... LIDAR is awesome. LIDAR uses uh, laser waves pulsing... Pulses, sorry, laser pulses. Yeah. Laser wave pulses, I don't know how to say that, to create a 3D representation of an area, and you can kind of get into cracks and crevices that yeah, you couldn't otherwise get into. Some people need that for the shower. Uh, side so, tangent about that. Sorry. The shower or LIDAR? Uh, both fit. I'll start with the LIDAR. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see that they've been doing that over top of the rainforest? And they found, like, literal hundreds of thousands of miles of uh, ruins from the Aztec and or Maya empires? I did not see that. Yeah, just with the rainforest overgrown on top of it, they had, like, intricate road systems and multiple, multiple giant cities. It's really cool. So check that out sometime. I feel like I... Diverted away from the mic there. It's okay. You sounded good. But anyway, check yeah, yeah. So the <coughs> LIDAR stuff's really cool. Well, this in this case, the LIDAR results indicate that there is a special designated, nope, specially designed irrigation system for the people. And who would build this? I don't know. They didn't answer that either. Now we go on to the expedition. Giorgio and David go on their expedition. Sorry. Sweet. September of 2019. So later in the year. Giorgio and David Childress, I'm sorry, we're not on a first name basis, Giorgio Sucralos and David Childress were so intrigued by the recent LIDAR results that they decided to go to non-Madal to have a look for themselves. Uh-huh. Now, we're going to cut to them driving in a car. Giorgio's driving, David's in the passenger seat. Um, Question. Sure. Does David Childress have an Indiana Jones head on? Uh, I think so, but you not sh- in the car. Okay, got Not it. in the car. Um, it's impolite. Nope. Actually, I think you're thinking of somebody else. Okay. No, he does not have an Indiana Jones. He's a gray-haired guy. Uh, he's a little overweight. Sorry, David. I don't mean... Anyways, <laughs> so we cut to them driving in the car together. Giorgio's driving. He's in the passenger seat. They're both just silently driving, and they look like a married couple that just <laughs> had a fucking <laughs> argument. Um, it, then it followed by a shot of them. David Hatcher Childress. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, they were a married couple. It, it kind of was. <laughs> yeah. they, they were just like. So. I told you to take a right there. I know. <laughs> Fucking never, never get out to ask for directions. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where I was going, okay? Uh, then this was followed by a shot of them exiting the vehicle on arrival to wherever they were going. Okay. They, they were meeting a guy. We'll get there. Um, so as they're exiting you hear david say here we are and then giorgio says 
with absolutely no enthusiasm at all, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it seriously was just like the most like, here we are. It's exciting. <laughs> wow. Excited for this. It's like it's built into their contract. They need one field trip episode. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the one. And he's like, God fucking, I wanted to go to fucking Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> it's the well, God. fuck. This is David's first. Nope. This is Giorgio's first time in Nanmadal. Oh. And this is David's fifth time visiting the site. I can tell he likes it. He fucking, he hardcore likes it, but he hasn't been here for a while. Uh, they met their guide, Gus Kohler, to start their journey. That's where they were going. Uh, Giorgio says he's waited 30 years to visit Nanmadal and can't wait to see it for himself. And what better guide than David Childress? Great. I've waited 27 <laughs> years to go to the North Pole. <laughs> just what I, I love, haven't gone yet. <laughs> what I love about this whole thing, this motherfucker's probably rich. He does a fucking a show on this, and he waited 30 years to go. Just go. Just go. <laughs> well, that's that's my point I'm making. If you haven't gone somewhere yet, doesn't mean you've waited that long to go. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't intending to go there, I really want to go, but I gotta wait for the right moment. And I need David Childress to guide me, even though we're getting a guide to guide us. So why is David? Anyways, it's come like a, over here. Look at this rock. This is my favorite <laughs> rock. <laughs> Old Bessie Lou, I call her. <laughs> Slap that rock ass. But, now we cue David Childress's monologue after he's the greatest uh, tour guide. Nan Madal is the eighth wonder of the world. Now my question is, how many fucking eighth wonders in the world are there? Every episode, this is the eighth wonder of the world. There's this at is least eight. eight. You would think, but I've counted like 24 in just the yeah. four episodes I've done. One of the most amazing megalithic sites he's ever seen, but it's very little known about. Mm-hmm. That's a weird way of denting that sentence. Great. Don't care. They ask Gus, what archaeologists that come here say in response of to how it was built? Yeah. What's their opinions? No. Anything, <laughs> right? His response, everyone has different theories. Great. Thank you, Gus. That was great. Great. Gus, what do you think about the pyramids of Egypt? Everyone has their own theories. Great. <laughs> yeah. And good input. How are we going to stretch this for three minutes? <laughs> Everyone has their theories. Well, we then go into um, mainstream scholars. According to mainstream scholars, bamboo rafts were used to transport the blocks used for construction blocks. By blocks, I meant to say rocks. I'm sorry. It's okay. Gus states that his has... I think I forgot a T. <laughs> <laughs> Gus states that this this has been tested and has failed multiple times. Even the smallest rock used sinks the raft. Really? Incredible. That's weird. Buoyancy usually is pretty sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about tons. Think of a bamboo raft the size of, you know, maybe twice the size of this room. Of Mexico. And you got, well, what the fuck? <laughs> Twice the size of this room. Yeah. And you got this multi-ton rock just on it. Do you think it's going to be held up? No. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the science. I don't know buoyancy science, you know, uh, relativity of but A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's Pythagorean theorem. Uh, buoyancy science is usually pretty sound. Nah. It's not. I don't know. Well, as they approach Nanamadal now, uh, they show the massive rocks piled on top of each other, forming the seawall, which is actually really incredible. I 
like think I'm looking they, at that one. Yeah, how they got all these huge rocks piled on top of each other in water. Yes. If it was built while there was water. Yes. More on that later. A <laughs> uh, little side note for me. I, I said, uh, it is interesting to think about how primitive civilizations could transport, lift, and build a structure and multiple artifacts. I didn't mean artifacts. Multiple artificial islands like this. Mm-hmm. Because um, it really is incredible to think. Whether they did it or whatever the fuck your theory is, it's still incredible. It is. now. Um, same with the pyramid. Same with anything that's huge and Stonehenge and Machu Picchu. Exactly. Uh, the thing that I noted about, notice about this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that the rocks they're using as building blocks are not uniform in shape. No. It is like they have just found the right ones. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they're giant rocks. Um, but I don't know what's more astonishing I guess it's both equally incredible. The fact that they found all of these rocks and made them work into this cool-looking giant wall and structure. Which we'll get into. Or the fact that, like, in Egypt, they have all these perfectly cut rocks that they made into a giant structure. They're both fascinating. Well, funny you should mention the rocks. We'll get into it a little later, but they were quarried. Oh, okay. And then brought in. Sure. So they made the columns when they extracted the rock. So now we're going to go to uh, a cut to we cut to Rafino Mauricio. That's so Mauricio. The Rufino fifth Ninja Mauricio. Turtle. Exactly. <laughs> there's Rafael and there's Rafino. <laughs> Doc, Doctor No. He's the director of National Archives for Federal States for the Federal States of Micronesia National Government. It's a okay. That's a title right there, right? It is. Well, who are you? I'm the director of National Archives for the Federal States of Micronesia's National government. Sweet. Now eight's in. Why the hell are they write now eight's in? It's like the shield acronym. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, his quote. The existence of non-Madal itself continues to puzzle the people because it's because it welcomes all the possibilities, including possibilities of the people from the outer space influencing what was built here. That was his quote. I, mean, I, I believe you. Yeah, now we're on site. Sweet. And we're joined by UCA, UCLA professor of structural engineer, Dr. Henry Burton. Uh, he wants He's going to bring his modern perspective of, of uh, structure. Structural design is what I meant to Sweet. say. Sweet. Yeah. Childress. Sound. That's pretty good. Catch you guys. <laughs> That's a big rock, Jim. Check, checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. He, he chimes in so much uh, useful knowledge that it's actually... We'll get there. We'll all, get right, there. all right. Now, now, we cut to Childress. Sorry. We cut to David Childress. I want to have respect. David Childress and Georgios Zuculos. And uh, David looks extremely red, sweaty, and like he's been out in the sun way too fucking long. And then they show Giorgio, and Giorgio looks like he has just had a... A little glisten on, and just like a cool summer day. It is cool incredible. That it is, it's, a, it's like just beet red and, oh, what the fuck, it's not that hot, dude. Calm down. Giorgio's got some money paid to just walk by him with a giant, like, <laughs> yeah, fan. <laughs> well, out of any of them. So they asked Dr. Burton how he would build the structure today. Mm-hmm. All right, ready for this, chime in? I'm ready. Dr. Burton says, you definitely need cranes and has no thought on how to build these structures without cranes, how to move the rock without cranes. He says, it's a mystery to me. I can't imagine how it, built, how it would be built without cranes. 
That's it. That's all his chime Just was. because you have access to cranes doesn't mean you can only do it with cranes. No, no, no. Only There's more than three cranes. ways to skin a backwards mule. That's right, backwards mule. Well, then they ask Gus, what is the oral history of how the walls were built? Mm-hmm. Now, at least Gus has some fucking content. This guy's like, a crane. I can't imagine without a crane. Just a crane. Gus says, according to their oral history, these rocks came from the north side of the island. Mm-hmm. And these and the area they're in is the southeast. Recent studies have been able to corroborate that this is now that forty percent of the rocks came from the north, which is twenty miles away, and sixty percent is unknown. But we have a theory on this. Scientists are starting to think the other sixty percent came from a volcanic outcrop twenty five miles northeast of Nanmadal. Sweet. The formation is four hundred feet in the air, and the rock that seems to have been uh, quarried, I think the right word is quarried, came from the very top of this formation. According to the oral history, the rock was taken from, a, not taken from, taken by a giant rooster and then flown to Madal, Madal non-Madal, non-Madal, yeah. the Madal. Giorgio thinks it's a misunderstood technology, machines used by the extraterrestrials. Like every episode. It's a flying cock. <laughs> it was a flying cock. <laughs> so we have cock in both, huh? And you, misunderstood technology. What's up? Uh, I'm just thinking, like, um, imagine the aliens come down, and they're like, we need a spacecraft. But something's going to blend in. Rooster. Giant rooster. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Look at that bird. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, you always see them flying in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's huge. <laughs> Dr. Burton says they need a barge to move the rocks 20 miles through the water to this spot. Yes. Accurate. We kind of randomly going through things. Accurate. Yeah, rocks don't Uh, float. That is far for a bamboo raft, though, too, if you think about it. 20 miles on a bamboo raft. Yeah. Suddenly, during the episode, uh, we have a big bit bit of a rainstorm that comes down. Everyone hurries to put the coat on, except for our boy who keeps cool, calm, and collected. He just goes... Got the hat on. That's it. That's all he did. He just threw a hat on Bad and ass. walked with his shirt getting soaked and see-through. <laughs> Everybody else has a fucking coat. <laughs> this motherfucker just puts a hat on like a G, an OG, and he like, walks. I got it. it. This is going to make a cool shot. This is yeah. the action shot. Well, it kind of was how it was. It was just like... Awesome. Incredible. That was the floor. To Dr. Burton, the size and the structure is equally impressive as the engineering knowledge that the builders had to have. Uh-huh. Looking at the doorways and openings now, this is Dr. Burton looking at him. Okay. There's a rock beam above the, um, the this opening they're showing, kind of like if you took the walls. Yep. I'm looking oh. at it right now. <laughs> gotcha. I'm like, what? Kind of like if you took the uh, door jam and everything off, you have a beam of wood there to support the weight of the structure above. A header. Yeah. You'd have to think about the load being placed on the open beam and the structural mechanics of it all. The cross-sectional properties and material properties are things you also have to think of. You need advanced mathematics like calculus for this and calculus is I that is literally what I wrote. All right. <laughs> yeah, calculus is calculus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, calculus, oh, I see why I did that. And calculus didn't exist until <laughs> 1100 AD. 
I should probably finish that. Uh, invented in the 17th century AD. Yeah, the the universe had no laws of mathematics until it was invented. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was invented. Stop it! Stop <laughs> using logic! <laughs> In 1907, excavations were done on a site believed to be ceremonial temples and tombs. Uh-huh. One of these excavation sites was what was believed to be the tombs of the chiefs of the Nanmadal. Nobody knows for sure, though, uh, what was found on the site because the guy that was excava- excavating it, yeah, he died the next day. And oh, the ship shit. That, and the ship that was transporting some of the artifacts, yeah, it sank. Jesus. Uh, sounds like the curse of the Egyptian tombs. Sure does. Um, Native islanders believe this site is cursed, and and they believe, I said believe twice there, uh-huh. and they believe if they spend the night in there, they'll die. Did they stay the night there? No, they didn't stay the night there. Oh, they, they didn't want to. No, I mean, I wouldn't fuck with that either. Are you kidding me? Well, fuck yeah, let's try it. It's no. Worst, worst that's going to happen, you're going to die. Hey. It's immediately somebody else's problem, not yours. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, fuck a family. <laughs> They say there are lights that move around the city at night. Okay. Now, we'll get a little more of this. kind of goes into your realm as we get to right. the end of the episode. All right. Hey, the, intriguing, too. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. But this is later. All right. We're talking now. Great. They, <laughs> they then move to the wall. They, they move to a wall that is about 40 feet tall and uh, calculated one of the biggest rocks on the site, which is near the base of it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Burton calculates that it is roughly 50 tons in weight. Sweet. They asked Gus what the oral history was about moving the rock. So they kind of, I guess, gave up on Dr. Burton after the whole, uh, has to be cranes, couldn't be anything else. <laughs> it's like, a big you know fucking what? rock. Because I think they asked him again, and he said, has to be cranes. I can only think of cranes. Thank you, Dr. Burton. Uh, Thank you. They may have had cranes back then. But yeah. Not, it, just be, it doesn't need to be a motorized crane. No, Leverage exactly. systems worked back then, too. Tell me about it. I mean, if the trees are strong enough, they will come. So, the rocks... I just made something up, sorry. That's where you get sap from. Oh. The rocks were brought from the north and flown up there and placed is what his oral history was. All right. Yeah. Rufino Mauricio returns. Got kicked out of the Ninja Turtle. (laughs) He's like, oh, God damn it. Uh, He tells the story of two brothers... Alisopa and Alisifa. Alisopa and Alisipa. Sorry. No. Uh, they were apparently giants and foreign twin sorcerers that constructed the walls and somehow flew the rocks into place. Okay. Like Easter Island, the Great Pyramids, Pumapunku, and Stonehenge, where the great stones where the great stones were levitated into place, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Giorgio asks if these sites have connected. If these sites had any connections, did all of our ancestors receive the knowledge from extraterrestrials? The answer is a resounding yes. That was, I love when he says that. The answer is a resounding yes. Yes. <laughs> is it a resounding yes, though? Is it? Well, if I say it enough. <laughs> they then went to check inland into a quarry that's 25 miles away to examine how the. Uh, excavation of the rocks from the rock wall dr burton says today we drill the rocks out and then have to use a crane after <laughs> thanks doctor one more time <laughs> <laughs> thanks doctor so how did the, our distant ancestors do it was it extraterrestrials no answers now we're going to the ocean 
Back from a commercial break. <laughs> Back from a commercial break. Yep. The most compelling evidence isn't from examining the structures above, but examining the structures below oh, the water. Oh, got it. Yeah. Now David and Giorgio go out onto the water with a remote underwater drone and its operator, Russ. That's all I got. Russ. I don't know Dude, who Russ, Russ is. That's a that's a sound captain's name. Russ the bus. <laughs> it's <laughs> Gus bus. <laughs> oh, well, now it's Russ the bus. <laughs> there are structures under the water that they're going to uh, try and examine. The fish Gus, made them. Absolutely. Gus states that according to oral history, Nanmadal was built above the city of... I had this yesterday. See how I do. Kanamanwasu. Hey, kind of There you go. 30 years ago, when Childress was in Nanmadal, he went scuba diving and apparently saw basalt columns that were encrusted with coral 80 feet underwater. Shit. The world's... Nope. This wood, not the world. <laughs> the world. <laughs> the whole... Excellent. <laughs> this would suggest this city was built back when the ocean was 80 feet lower. Like 12,000 years ago during the last ice age. Shit. Um, real quick, what kind of columns were they? What were they made Basalt. Of? What is it? Basalt. Okay. Why? What's it again? Basalt. All right. Not bath salt. I didn't say that. Okay. All right. Basalt? Basalt. Well, they say basalt. Well, I say basalt. Well, I say apples, you say oranges, I say peaches, you say pie. I don't know who the fucking lucky guy. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was so good for so long. <laughs> I know. I was trying. I'll get there someday. It's the rhyming corner. Oh, wicka, wicka, wicka. Did extraterrestrials not only help build the city above the water, but also the city underwater and still be using it to this day? That's the aquatic division. Yeah, that's right. No answers are given. Uh, here, just things that make them say, hmm. <laughs> things that make <laughs> us say, hmm. <laughs> From now on, this episode is just things that make you say, hmm, because there's no answers. They now name every biblical text that references a flood and says that evidence is growing to support that there was a flood at the end of the last ice age, roughly 12,000 years ago, when sea levels were 400 feet lower. My note, of course there would be rise in sea levels at the end of the last ice age. A shit ton of fucking ice melted into the water. Sure did. Well, in the same sense, I mean, if, if it is the end of the ice age and all the ice is melting, you would expect the water level to rise. Sure. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding with you. You know, go fuck yourself. Now we finally get into the water with the drone. The we drone? Were. What? I thought we already, I thought Russ no, no, took this us was, to this the water. No, no, this was all the, like, you know, preamble. All now right. we're getting to the actual drone. Sweet. It is fucking eventful. Ready for it? Yeah. The drone stopped working and lost signal when they dropped it down and got closer to the wall. <laughs> wall of basalt columns. A fucking clownfish went into the, yeah. the prop and <laughs> fucked it up. Now the signal kept getting lost. Uh, the drone was working a day earlier in an area rich in basalt. 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 Now I'm going to be self-conscious how I say that. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. I don't fuck her. What? I said I don't fucking care. Oh, okay. It's my accent. Well, they switched to a second drone. All right. All right now we're going to get into it. Good thing they brought back up. Yeah. The second drone came in. They put it in the water, and the same thing happened. No explanation. Are you serious? Yeah. God damn it. So they couldn't go examine it. Bring the third one in. <laughs> There's no third one. It was just <laughs> signal lost. Jesus. Did they get them retrieved? 
Oh yeah, it was it was uh, on the, the cable. So on the cable. Kind of gotcha. It. Yeah, I forgot about that. Giorgio now has something to say about this. It's as if something or someone was interfering with the device. It is interesting to think that those basalt rocks were magnetized, and if that's the case, what were they exposed to? That they are now apparently magnetized, like some have suggested. I tried my best. I don't think I did good. Oh, you go ahead. I was gonna say. Uh, I saw you go. <gasps> in a deep breath. You're ready to go. Giorgio grabs the camera and he goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Crazy dude. <laughs> now, here's a little thing I want. I want to get your thoughts on. Okay, as an electrical man. The electric man beard. Oh, yes. The beard. Yeah. The electrical beard. <laughs> Are the lights seen in the city at night a result of the city being magnetized and it is an electromagnetic phenomenon as a result? That was their question. They okay. didn't answer the damn thing. Sure. So I'm asking you. Um, Could that be a thing? Lots well, of electronic... Elect, bleh, lots of magnetized rocks and having electromagnetic phenomena appear in light form. Is that a thing? Only if there was a discharge of electricity. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's actually the birds flying. And, <laughs> oh, that one's dead. Uh, so if there was some type of discharge, maybe? Um, but I don't really think something like that. So it's a bunch of bullshit. Got it. Kind of. It's <clears> just <throat> like if you throw around some terms that sound like it could work. Yeah, because you just got to sound confident. Well, yeah. Um, no. Okay. No on that guy. I'm going to give that firm no, Bob. Volcanic rocks enhance magnetic fields. Magnetic fields. Did someone magnetize the rocks in order to float them into place? And that's why the drones stopped working when they get close. Mm -hmm. Are the rocks still magnetized as a result of some anti-gravity side effects? Uh, Well, the magnetization of rocks and stuff, that stuff sounds legit. I know. know. Uh, Well, I know that's... Possible legit. Yeah, I, I was giving Lennon's opinion on it. No one wants Lennon's opinion. We all want Lennon's opinion. Exactly. Is Nanmadal a port of some sort, and that's why the they they built the islands? Was it used as a port for the extraterrestrials to stop at before traveling to other sites around the globe? Maybe. Yeah, come on. Let's go. This one. Not that one. That's a handicap spot. Well. Sorry. In conclusion. <laughs> Camp spot. Just got that. No, over there. God damn it, Fud. Again, you're number seventeen. <laughs> Fifteen through twelve are handicap. I'm sorry, I couldn't see. <laughs> In conclusion, we're going to go through David Childress's and then Giorgio's. David Childress believes now, more than ever, that Nan Madal was built with the help of extraterrestrials. Oh. <laughs> that it was built using basalt because it, of its magnetic properties that made it possible to levitate the large stones into pl- I'm doing I'm doing the wrong guy's hands. Sorry. Possible to levitate the stones into place. Maybe the magnetic field could be used and manipulated by extraterrestrials and even power their spaceships. Incredible. Incredible. Now David Childress, is he the guy that go the talks like, is it possible? Yes. Yeah, he has a nasally, like, rich-sounding voice. Yeah. Giorgio Tsoukalos. Why the fuck did I go with that accent? Giorgio Tsoukalos. Immediate 
Regret. Not right. Giorgio believes that Nan Madal was for sure built when the worldwide water levels were way lower. He liked the W's in that sense. That was good. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Thank you. That according to science was about 11,000 to 20,000 years ago when the water levels were that low. Okay. Right there, we have evidence of a site that was built in prehistory. No doubt in his mind that the engine... There's no doubt in his mind that the engineering knowledge came from extraterrestrials. Nan Madal is similar to that of the Great Pyramids and Pumapunku. And we have to ask ourselves, is there a connection? And the answer is a resounding yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's resounding. Uh, Then you end with the normal 100-question ending. Uh, You know the routine. I'm not going through it all. Yeah. Some kind of deep thought question provoking. Deep question thought provoking. Just questions that make you say. At the end. Hmm. Questions that make you say. That's from something. What's that from? I don't know. Things that make you go. Hmm. I think that's from something. Anyhow, we're saying it. It calls time right. So, I have a question for you. Yeah. And I do not want you to actually answer it. It's a I resounding to... yes. <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I don't fucking know. All right. Oh, I was excited. Oh. You don't need to give me a question. No, I had like four of them in my head through the episode coming uh-huh. in here. I fucking forgot them all. It's okay. So, I have a question for you. He's just, he's trained. Do you remember the outro? I do. Do you want to hit it? <sighs> I guess so. Well, uh, well, yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, squatches, childress, sucolos, and magicians. Disappear. Disappear. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. As uh-huh. always, if you'd like to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts or opinions, you can do so by finding us on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. and our YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Links will be in the show notes below. If you enjoy what we do here, don't touch my Sasquatch, and we know you do. Damn right. If you'd like to support us, join our Patreon. You're going to get bi-weekly bonus shows, discounts on merch, exclusive Patreon-only content, and lots more. That's right. Those episodes that are bonus, they're bi. We're all-inclusive here. Bi-weekly episodes. Ah, goddamn joke. I forgot I said (laughs) bi-weekly. Damn you. You hit the subscribe button. And you're going to get auto-downloads turned on to listen first thing every Monday morning. That way, Monday morning, you wake up, you open your phone, you're like, DTS cast today. You got the DTS boys on. Yeah, and now you're like, well, shit, I forgot to pay my phone service. Hey, you're good. It's already downloaded. You're You're all set to go. Get on your morning commute. Uh, You can drop us a five-star rating, and you can leave us a review and let us know. What you think? We love these guys. We they're love hilarious to hear from you. Yeah, that one with the beard. My God, just sexy, stunning specimen of a man. That goddamn bowling pin. <laughs> yeah, if you leave us a review, it help us grow, and we'll be able to bring you more content for you to enjoy. Hey, you can actually go on our own expeditions to haunted places. There are about four of them. We're going to Palmamata. Palmamata. Sure, there are what about. Was it four, I don't know your episode, bro. What was that place called? Oh, Nan Madal? That's the one. You screwed me up with the P's. Pa-pa-pa, pa-pa. Paul Mapata. <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> no, I... How's it going, sir? <laughs> yeah, no, oh, get off your property? Sorry. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> hey, real quick, you alive? <laughs> Got it. 
Hey, Billy, I got you. We got him. <laughs> In all seriousness, yes, I would love to go on some stuff like the Queen Mary, and there's a couple around us. I don't know. I want to go on Queen Mary. All right, let's wrap this shit up. Let's get the fire. Join us next Monday for our next incredible episode. You may write us, rate us, review us, but remember to always stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. He's floating in space today. Peace. See ya. That's my line. That's your line. Peace. See ya. Hey, look, it's Cindy Lou Who. Where add... are you, Chris? <laughs> Where are you, Christmas? Let's go. And cue the drums. Now we can go. <laughs> oh, my dick. Did you really? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> that doesn't make it. Okay. Well, the drums aren't happening. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just punched himself in the dick on camera. <laughs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> 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 we need better content. <laughs> Are you entertained? Oh, oh I am. <laughs> I'm blind. I don't know how it looks in here. I could do without the dingly dangle. <laughs> oh, I'm a smart guy. Side note: nipples. Thank God. Let's um, go. Please hold for stabilization process. Um, good thing I'm editing the audio because this is going to sound really inappropriate. <laughs> Take the legs and spread them. <laughs> Spread them out that way. There you I go. did. And it kind of stabilized it a little bit. Stabilization complete. Right. Thank you. Have a nice day. I thought you were going to give a good old hee haw. <laughs> <clears throat> That's you. <clears throat> Might as well do that now just to make sure. Well, my voice got deep. I'm very passionate about Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that motherfucker. <laughs> Cheers. Come in. Have some dinner. Oh, by the way, chitties. <laughs> I looked at the light, yeah, and now all I have is dots everywhere. Pompey and Pompey. I need a donkey. Lots of noises. All the noises. <laughs> all of the noises. So much laughing has got me all clumped. <laughs> clumped. <laughs>